Live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio at the beautiful Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's The Bottom Line with Jacqueline Sheldon on Business Radio X. Maximize your return on investment by reducing your tax bill. Get ready for the best tax talk you've ever had. It's The Bottom Line, presented by Bottom Line Tax Solutions. Welcome back, everybody. Another month has escaped us, and we are back in studio with The Bottom Line with Jacqueline Sheldon. Hello, Jacqueline. Hi, Tom. How are you? I am doing well. How are you this afternoon? I am always well. I I just saw the the name of this show. It's To Ink or Not To Ink? Yes. I guess that is the question. That is the question. Uh, Are you getting tattoos? Uh, No, it's not that kind of ink. Oh, okay. Ink as in... I-N-C as opposed to I-N-K. No, oh, as in incorporation. Right. Should you incorporate or should you not? That's the question we're going to talk about in our second segment today. Oh, we're talking about that later. We are. I believe we have some things we're going to cover first, though. Oh, oh, we always have things we can cover. Tax season's over. Tax season is over. It's uh, well, you're just you're just laying around the pool now, by on the beach. You're not really doing much anymore. Or I know better than that. You do know better than that. You're working just as hard as ever, right? Exactly. So small business owners, they're always working, regardless if it's tax season or not. But now that tax season, April fifteenth, is come and gone, what should small business owners be doing now in the quote unquote tax world? Well, Tom, we've talked a lot about the importance of being proactive when it comes to your income taxes. And this is especially important if you're a small business owner. Most small business owners, they think about taxes once a year at tax time. They kind of stress out a little bit, run around getting all their paperwork and information together to their accountant. They get their taxes filed, they pay what they owe, and they take a deep breath and say, okay, done for another year. And so give me some examples, some a couple examples of how a business owner could be proactive. Because it really sounds, hey, good, we're going to be proactive. Hey, I'm going to be proactive this year, and then they don't. Right. Well, it, it's important that you're not thinking about what happened in the past, but you're looking ahead to what what's in front of you. One of the things that I always recommend that small business owners do first is to make sure they have a really good record-keeping system in place. I think we talked before about the government accountability study that showed that small business owners collectively overpay their taxes by over $1 billion each and every year. And one of the reasons they found that to be true is because small business owners were not good record keepers. They were missing a lot of deductions because they weren't keeping good records. So when you, you say you, you, you throw out that huge number, it's, it's missed deductions. Yeah, it's definitely. It's, it's missed deductions, and that's one of the reasons that It was there, but they didn't take it, and the IRS didn't let them know about it. Exactly. Oh, imagine that. So you want to make sure you have a good record-keeping system in place, whether that's QuickBooks or another online accounting software, or even if it's a spreadsheet, something where you have an accurate record of your income and expenses for each and every month. You also want to make sure that you have uh, records of business mileage that you drive and that you keep copies of your receipts for things that you buy. That way, if you're audited, you've got that backup documentation to prove those deductions. Gotcha. I, I just I just wad them up, throw them in a big garbage bag at the end of the year, hand them over. <laughs> yeah, and some people do that. Oh, well, you're saying that's not a good good idea. Not, not your best idea. Okay, no. well, hey, it's easy. What can we say? Well, if you get audited a couple years later, are you going to be able to produce that garbage bag? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> How many bags do you want? Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Um, I think you mentioned something about bookkeeping. Did you mention something about bookkeeping? You I said did. record keeping. Yes. Or bookkeeping. Yeah, bookkeeping. 
that's something you can mess up too, can't you? Well, it is. Um, like I said, there's a lot of software out there where small business owners can pretty well take care of their bookkeeping themselves. There are some pitfalls there, though. Okay, now I've I've run across this a few times. In fact, uh, I was at the, I was at the Apple Store. Now that place is is a different planet in it in itself. It is. Oh my goodness. Um, luckily, I had my nephew there. He saved me. I was scared about to run out, but no, seriously, everything was done on on one of their iPhones. Right. And they actually sent me my receipt via email. Right. And you had no choice. That's how it was going to happen. Um, are you seeing more and more electronic receipts, um, email on a phone? Are you are you running into that? And and, and I, I guess I need to print off that email that was my receipt. Well, you would definitely want to keep that email. If, if you don't print it off, you definitely want to keep it so that if you have, have access to, to it. Right. If you ever had to go back and print that receipt out, you could. But, yeah, you're finding that more and more now. You go into Staples and buy office supplies. You have a choice there. Do you want your receipt printed, emailed, or both? Home Depot does that. Home Depot does that as well. So you've got the ability not to get that paper receipt but instead have it emailed to you. And just make sure you maybe set up a folder within your email to keep those email records. And back it up even. Exactly. So that you've got that information in case of audit that you could go back in and pull those receipts if need be. So no more trash bag. Yeah, definitely no more well, trash bag. Well, you bags. know, you know, baby steps, baby steps, uh, steps. Yeah. Are, are there are there any apps that I can have on my phone to, to hold these receipts for me? Well, there are apps. There's apps that you can use to track your mileage, which is something that we talked about a few minutes ago, the importance of tracking mileage. There's also apps that you can take pictures of your receipts and upload those to the cloud uh one that comes into mind there is taxbot cool taxbot actually will let you track your mileage and it will let you track your receipts uh, when you take the picture and upload it uh, you can actually categorize it to whatever category of expense you need that expense that receipt categorized to so it kind of makes it easy uh, quickbooks also has something called quickbooks self-employed that will do very similar things you can upload your receipts to the quickbooks self-employed app doesn't danny devito do those commercials I believe he does. I, I think he does. Now that you mentioned that, yes. So you basically your your fi- your receipts are in a file, and you can just send that file to wherever it needs to go if the, the horrible audit ever happens or something. Exactly, you've got oh, access to it there. So that that's that's an awesome way to do that because, yeah, you know, receipts fade over time. If you get audited two three years from now, chances are your gas receipts, those kind of things are going to be faded. So it's great. And that's to held ha- against you, I take it. Exactly. If you can't, oh, wow. read, can't read them, it's kind of hard for them to wow. justify that in case of audit. Well, wow. Well, it sounds like with with uh, with technology and, and e-receipts, all these fun things, it sounds like it's getting easier for, for the small business guy just to do it himself. Well, it is easier for him to keep records, but there are a couple things that you need to consider there. First of all is the time that it takes to reconcile your accounts and do everything that you need to do to handle your bookkeeping properly every month. And small business owners, they're busy. They're, you're out there doing whatever you do to make a living. And oftentimes, the bookkeeping gets pushed to the back burner. So well, right. it's not fun to do. Well, it's not. So I'll get to it next week, and that next yeah. week turns into next month, and next month ends up being three months down the road, and then it's hard to find the time to catch that up. So if you're going to do it yourself, you've got to make that commitment to take the time to stay on top of it. Uh, another reason that you may not want to do it yourself is... You, know, you can save money doing it yourself, but if you don't know what you're doing, you can kind of make a mess of things. Uh, you can dig a hole. You can dig a hole. And it costs hole. money to get out. Well, it does. Um, 
we had a client that came into us for taxes back a couple years ago and he actually had a bookkeeper that was doing his books and she understood the technical side of the software she knew how to post transactions into the software the problem was is she really didn't understand the accounting principles behind it and she was posting a lot of his personal expenses that were being run through his business account onto his business profit and loss statement Uh oh so when he was pulling up that profit and loss he pulled it up for the year and he showed a profit of about thirty six hundred dollars so he really didn't think he was going to have much of a tax liability a low tax bill so but when he came in to get his taxes done and we went through and we had to take out the things that were personal that p l went from thirty six hundred to about sixty thousand dollars in profit oh, for the year and the tax bill went up the tax bill went up lovely he was a sole proprietor so he had to pay not only his federal and state income tax but he also had self-employment tax on 15 percent it is 50 up 15.3 oh, wow. so he had a significant tax bill that year that he wasn't expecting and the whole reason why there was his bookkeeping just wasn't being done properly but he had bookkeeping he had a system well he did have a system <laughs> he did it himself but the thing you have to wow. keep in mind, if, if you are going to do it yourself, is that you may want to have your accountant review your books a couple times a year. And mid-year is always a good time uh, to have your accountant do that. You're halfway through the year. So that's, that's how we there. avoid these things. That's how you avoid these things. A mid-year checkup. A mid-year checkup. And I can tell you another client story with it pertains to mid-year checkups. We had a client that was a partnership and one of the partners actually came in and took one of our QuickBooks training classes and he did a really good job at keeping his books. He understood what he was supposed to do and was doing it properly. But we also talked to him about doing those mid-year checkups or mid-year and year-end checkups, let us review the file and do some tax planning with him. And unfortunately, he never came in to get those things done and tax time rolled around and there again, nice set of books, but there was also a nice profit big tax liability and a big tax liability and the other partner in the partnership had thought that we were doing the tax reviews i know where this is going and needless to say he was a little upset that he owed money that he wasn't expecting to owe wow. so even if you do wow. it yourself and you do it properly you still want to have someone review those books and look at it from a, a tax second perspective. set of eyes never exactly. hurts wow so what exactly is a mid-year checkup there's got to be specific things that you look at i'm sure you look at everything but yeah, what exactly is a mid-year checkup? Well, Tom, I know that you are a car guy. I am. So think of a mid-year checkup kind of like your scheduled maintenance on your vehicle. You take your vehicle in to get that scheduled maintenance done. Well, a mid-year checkup is kind of scheduled maintenance for your business. Gotcha, gotcha. And really what we do is we, we start out with the client's uh, profit and loss balance sheet, basically their financial statements, which kind of goes back to that purpose of having a good set of books. Uh, we'll run some financial ratios, kind of uh, assess the financial health of the company, and then we look at it from a tax planning aspect where we'll do a tax projection for the client, get an idea of what it looks like that they're going to owe tax-wise, and then we look at specific tax strategies that we might can use to help that client during the second half of the year to reduce that tax liability. Uh, what if what if the, the business, the client, your client has something that's as seasonal? You know, uh, eight out of 12 months actually make money or it could be even be less than that well, what do you do you you have to get to know that that client i would say All right you kind of have to factor those things in so if they come in at mid-year and the first half of the year is their strongest 
part of the year financially and the second half is going to be a little slower we have to take those things into account because basically what we do at mid-year is we assume the second half of the year is going to mirror the first and we run a mock tax return based on those numbers but if we know that the business is seasonal you do have to make some adjustments there or maybe they're slower that first half of the year and they're going to be busier during the summer and the fall season then we have to make those adjustments as well and i have to believe working with you or or a a, a tax professional but working with you and doing this year after year you get to know that client you get to know their business maybe more importantly you get to know their business you may see things coming that they don't see coming and that is true just just building that relationship that's true very very important very important oh wow how does anyone not have that done uh, but what are some of the areas you look at? I know, again, you look at everything, but there's got to be some specific areas you look at. Well, one of the things we always look at is entity selection. And as we said, we're going to talk a little bit more about that here in the second Domestical segment. entity. We also look at retirement plan strategies, what retirement plans might be available to the taxpayer where they could put some money into retirement and save them some tax dollars there. We look at income shifting opportunities, if there's any opportunities there to shift income into a lower tax bracket and then we look for missed deductions things maybe that they could be deducting that they aren't or maybe look at how they're deducting their automobile expenses is there a better way for them to do that Uh, so that's some of the things that we look at when we do a mid-year checkup gotcha gotcha to do all that work it must cost an arm and a leg to have all that done well, it's really not too bad. I mean, if you're paying a, an accountant to get your taxes done, you've got that cost anyway. There's generally some additional cost to have a, your accountant do a mid-year checkup or a year-end checkup, but you're going to find that normally the tax benefits and the tax savings more than outweighs the cost. So you usually come out ahead. You come up with money in your pocket from getting these things done, and you definitely don't have surprises at year-end. I was thinking peace of mind is, is worth something. sometimes more than money right and you're avoiding underpayment penalties that's the other thing that comes into play penalties and interest you know if you want to make sure you're paying in enough during the year so that you're not paying additional penalties for underpayment and you know it's bad enough that you have to pay taxes but if you have to pay penalties on top of that that's that's salt in the wound exactly very nice very nice that's a lot of good information right there Uh, quickly before we take a break Jacqueline how do the folks get a hold of you you can give our office a call. The number is 678-866-4047. Or you can go to our website, which is bottomlineGA.com. BottomlineGA.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take that break, about a minute break. We'll be right back with you, and we've got some very interest, interesting, sorry, wow, interesting things to talk about in the second segment. We will see you then. Are you paying too much in taxes? Who isn't? Taxes are the highest expense small businesses face. Maximize your return on investment. Reduce your tax bill. Tax planning and tax resolution strategies, the art of keeping more money you've worked hard for. Schedule your free tax planning consultation by visiting www.bottomlinetaxsolutions.com. That's bottomlinetaxsolutions.com. My small business had done well and thought I'd paid my taxes. Then I got a letter from the IRS. I didn't know what to do. So I called Bottomline Tax Solutions. They understood exactly what I was going through. Bottomline worked with me and for me. They turned a horrible time into a manageable one. Now I'm in a payment plan I can afford. And they were able to get my penalties reduced. 
Schedule your free tax planning consultation by visiting BottomLineTaxSolutions.com. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Jacqueline, you still with me? I am. Awesome. Let's see. The, in the first segment, we established tax season was over. And we had about time for mid-year uh, checkups. It is. It's it's almost halfway through the year. It is. Time to get those things scheduled, right? By fast, isn't it? <laughs> it always does. Fast when you're having fun. But there's something that uh, we throw around every, every month. You and I say it freely all the time, and that is entity or entity selection. Yes. That's not always easily understood and what that is. And it's not. But it could be maybe one of the most important things a small business owner faces. That is very true. So you ready to dive into entity selection to ink or not to ink? I am. No tattoos, though. No tattoos, no. Okay. You would tell me, right? Yeah. Awesome. So what are entity selections, entity structure? What, what, what What are they? What kind of entities are there? Okay, well, you're... Entity structure is the legal structure that you're running your business under. And you have several choices there. You could operate your business as a sole proprietorship. If there's more than one owner to the business, you could operate it as a partnership. You also could choose a corporate structure or a limited liability company. And each one of these uh, choices have pros and they have cons. So it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all choice here. Gotcha. And you're you're talking... from a from a, a a legal standpoint, a financial, how you're going to file your taxes, how you're going to pay your taxes. Right. Your entity selection not only determines your liability protection, but it also determines your tax structure. It determines right. what tax forms you file, what taxes you pay, and what deductions you're able to take. It's all dictated by the type of entity that you operate your business under. And, and you as, as uh, with projecting tax liabilities and and using tax strategies you look at entity selection and it may need to change for your clients and it and it oftentimes does well there's got to be an easy and a hard so what's the easiest way to start right well let's talk a little bit about the pros and cons of each of the different types of entities that that are available let's start with the sole proprietorship right now the the pros of a sole proprietorship is it's very easy to set up Basically, you may need a business license, but outside of that, you can uh, start I'm, your business I'm tomorrow. I'm in business. Exactly. Right. You're in business. And there's no annual compliance that you have to deal with with a sole proprietorship, so it's very easy to set up and it's very easy to maintain. What do you mean by compliance? Well, you don't have to file any annual forms for the Secretary of State to renew your, your business or have corporate minutes or any of the things that, that we're going to talk about as far as the corporate structure. Except so maybe the business license or yeah, an insurance policy yeah, or something like that. Business license is pretty much the only thing that you normally have to have to get started. So gotcha. very, very easy to set gotcha. up a sole proprietorship. Now, the cons of being a sole proprietorship are that you have no personal liability protection under a sole proprietorship. Now, let me preface this by saying that I am not an attorney. I just play one on the radio. Right. But, um, so I really can't give you legal advice, but I am going to share with you what I do know about entity selection and how it affects your legal situation. So as a sole proprietorship, you don't have that liability protection. So you and your business are considered one and the same as far as... You sue my business, you're suing me. Exactly. So if I sue your business, I could go after your personal assets I under a sole proprietorship. Okay. That's, that's important to know. One of the other cons of a sole proprietorship is it can be costly tax-wise. 
once your business is up and running and you're showing profits, uh, you're going to end up paying not only your federal and state income tax rates on those profits, but you also have to pay Social Security and Medicare tax on the profits of the business. The self-employment tax. The self-employment we always talk tax. about that. Mm-hmm. And that's what 15%. Right. So by the time you add that to your federal and state tax, you can be looking at paying 30 or 40% or even more wow. in, of your profit in taxes each and every year. Gotcha. So that's one of the downfalls of a sole proprietorship. All right. All right. So let's talk about corporations then for a minute. Cool. Uh, some of the pros of operating as a corporation is if it's done correctly, uh, a corporation can provide you with some liability protection. So it's separating you legally from your business, and that can be an important piece of the, the puzzle there. It also can provide you with some tax savings. And that's something we always look at if for somebody that is maybe operating as a sole proprietorship is their tax savings for them to move over to that corporate structure. Now, some of the cons of oper- operating as a corporation is there are initial costs to set it up properly, and then there's costs to maintain that corporation each and every year. And there's corporate minutes you have to do. There's a corporate book you have to keep up. So there's definitely some I's that have to be dotted and T's that have to be crossed every year to maintain that corporation. Let, let me guess. That's the compliance you don't have to do with the sole proprietorship. Exactly. That's that compliance piece. So there's some things that you, you have paperwork. to... Paperwork. Paperwork, pretty much. And probably fees involved. Right. And you just have to make sure you do those things to protect yourself, to get that liability protection you have to operate but in But you could business. have someone else do that for you. You could you have could. an attorney or someone do that for you. You, you very well could could and I always recommend you have an attorney set your company up that's always the best way to go you can there again do it yourself but I've seen now one thing that I don't sorry to cut you off one one thing I I don't understand corporations 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 Coca-Cola is a corporation one of the biggest in the world awesome awesome company Mm -hmm. but my brother-in-law retired from Coca-Cola but then you also have the guy who cuts grass for a living um, paints houses Maybe he owns a small fleet of trucks. He's a corporation, too, but there's no similarities. So how can that big multi-billion dollar global company be considered the same as the guy cutting yards in in Gwinnett County? Right. Well, both examples you gave there both have liability protection, which is important. But for tax purposes, there's actually two different tax structures that a corporation can pay its taxes under. One is called an S-corporation. An S-corp. And the other is called a C-Corp. C-Corp, okay. Now, your larger companies, they're going to be C-Corporations. Like Coca-Cola. Like Coca-Cola. Those types of corporations can actually trade their stock publicly. Uh, so that's usually your larger companies are going to be C-Corporations. Gotcha. S-Corporations, they're smaller companies. You can't have over 100 shareholders with an S-Corporation. And usually these are your smaller businesses, like your guy cutting grass or doing landscaping or running that fleet of trucks. They will go with an S-corporation structure in most cases. However, there are times that smaller companies elect to be a C-corporation. Really? There can be some tax savings there, just depending on the situation. I got you. I got you. And and those are are details that you know all about, and that's why we have you handle them, right? Exactly. And one one of the other things you really have to think about, too, if you choose to be a corporate structure is... As the owner of the company, the company has to do payroll for you. So you have to go on as an employee and be paid through payroll. So that can be a con for some corporations is the fact that you now have a payroll compliance piece that you have to deal with that you don't have 
that under a sole proprietorship. Gotcha. Now, if you have other employees and you're already doing payroll, then you know, it's not painful to add yourself onto that payroll. But if you don't have any other employees, then you are taking on an additional burden there through the payroll piece. Gotcha. And I, I know there's there's at least one more, a limited liability something, LLC. I don't right. know what the C stands for. A limited liability company. Ah. Now, an LLC is kind of a hybrid between a sole proprietorship and a corporation. It's sim- an LLC similar to a corporation in the fact that it provides you liability protection, but your default tax structure when you set up an LLC is to be taxed the same as if you were a sole proprietorship. So for companies that really don't want to go into the full corporate tax structure but need that liability protection, sometimes they'll opt to be an LLC. Gotcha. And one of the other great things about an LLC is you have some flexibility there. So if you start out as an LLC and you pay your taxes as a sole proprietorship and your business grows to the point where you look at it and go, well, I would pay less taxes if I went with a corporate structure, you can actually file a tax election with IRS and elect for your LLC to pay taxes as if it were a corporate structure. So you do have some flexibility there that that you can actually change from one tax structure to another through an LLC. So you can just go back and forth and choose different entities? When you um, feel like it? No. It can't be that easy. It's not that easy. Uh, you, know, you have your initial classification. Once you make an election to change that initial classification, then the IRS requires you to stick with that entity classification for five years. Wow. Okay. So you can't switch back and forth and back and forth. Uh, obviously, that would be a, a nightmare for bookkeeping and tax Sounds Sounds like a nightmare. Well, so. but hey, what if uh, you... you, you you do that you you set these things up yourself or you, you have your your buddies best friend sister's cousin do it and of course they're going to take care of it for you and they mess things up what it that can't be a good thing well it's not a good thing and yeah i, I can share a couple of stories there with you uh, i've got a new client that i'm working with that set up a company and they thought they had everything filed to be taxes and s corporation they didn't have all their paperwork ready for tax time, so we filed an extension, and we found out from that that they really weren't an S corporation, that they were a C corporation, that they hadn't filed the proper paperwork to pay taxes as an S corporation. So that was kind of a costly mistake that was made there. That uh, So you always want to make sure if you're going to set a corporation up, either A, you understand everything that you have to do, or you hire a professional to do it for you to make sure all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed, and that you do things properly. So what did that cost them? Thousands? It cost them a little bit of money. Oh. And then uh, there's a civic organization that I've been helping out that set a corporation up, and then we helped them file the paperwork with IRS to make the election to be taxed as a nonprofit organization. And through that process, we found out that whoever set the corporation up initially set it up incorrectly. And the type of corporation they set up, they were not able to elect to be a nonprofit organization. So they basically had to start all over, set up a brand new corporation. So there again, a rather costly mistake. Uh, They were able to work through it, but it was a costly mistake. Wow. Did you work on that one? I helped you helped wow help them work through that one after <laughs> it sounds like headaches my head's hurting just thinking exactly. about it so let's say i want to start a company tomorrow and i want i want to be an s corp or i think i do or where do i begin i go to i come see you i go to an attorney well for the legal part it's scary stuff right, to me. For the legal part you definitely want to consult an attorney but i would definitely say start with your accountant or come 
set an appointment, come in our office, and we'll sit down and talk to you about the different entity choices. We'll talk about the pros and cons again with you and what is the best fit for your specific situation. Um, because as I mentioned before, it's not cookie cutter. It's not one size fits all. What is good for your next door neighbor may not be the best option for you. And not only are there the legal considerations to consider, but there's the tax considerations as well. So we can help you look at it from a standpoint of what's your best tax consideration and then go talk to your attorney. He can tell you as far as the legal structure, what he feels is best and help you get that um, entity set up so a little investment up front is going to save you a lot of headache and, and hopefully money in the, in, the, in the long run. Definitely. Yeah, it makes sense. Doing things right. Sometimes there's a price, but it's a lot less than the price you pay if you don't. That is true. Ooh, that was poetic almost. Wow. All right. So I guess we inked or didn't ink or something. And there's still no tattoos. <laughs> no tattoos. All right. That was fun. That's a lot of good information. Jacqueline, one more time. How can they reach you? You can call our office at 678 678- eight six six four zero four seven or you can reach out to us on our website which is bottomlineGA.com. ladies and gentlemen she knows what she's talking about she's not just a pretty face um next month next month or what this could be our, our favorite or your favorite topic so you tell me you're going to be talking about tax resolution next month. We are. We're going to talk about tax problem solving. Which People is, coming to you with nasty grams from the government. Help yeah, me, help me. What are your options when you get one of those lovely love letters from the IRS? I heard they'll show up at your door and, sometimes and say, give me they, your stuff. Sometimes they will. Oh, that's lovely. Why are you smiling as you say all that? <laughs> She's horrible, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We will see you soon. Thank you for sharing your time with us on Business Radio X. Schedule your free tax planning consultation by visiting www.bottomlinetaxsolutions.com. That's bottomlinetaxsolutions.com. And click the link to hear more podcasts like this one. I'm Tom. She's Jacqueline. And that's the bottom line.